Okay. We are now doing the second essay in the final section of Tanya. And as we explained yesterday, we're going to be using the understandings from the first part of Tanya, looking at various excerpts from Kabbalistic tracts and understanding them. So there's a statement in the Eitz Chaim. Eitz Chaim is recording the teachings of the Yitzchak Luria, the Ariza, that there can be no turning of face to face except through commandments requiring action. Meaning, what this is referring to is that initially in the creation, before Adam was on the scene, there was the spiritual entities that existed. Now, we have 10 divine attributes in every world, and here we're focusing specifically on the highest world, the world of being. We have three intellectual attributes, and those, specifically the first two, are the parents, which then produce the six emotional attributes, the male dimension, and then the final female attribute of sovereignty. And what we need and are trying to elicit through our actions is the fusion of the masculine emotive attributes with a feminine sovereignty. And that fusion brings godliness into our world. So before Adam was on the scene to serve God and do the commandment, those two groupings of God's emotive attributes and God's sovereignty were in a back-to-back, not face-to-face relationship. Because if they were face-to-face, to be such a union, such a flow of God's energy, and without man to prune the weeds of the forces of evil, the forces of evil will be unchecked and will receive much, much too much power from this divine energy. When Adam is created and performs the commandment, through his performance, as we're going to discuss in this essay, he's also pruning the weeds, the thistles, the thorns of the forces of evil. He's limiting how much nurturance they are going to receive. And then the emotions and sovereignty can be fused face to face. The godliness will come down and evil won't get more than we want it to. Which means what's bringing the godliness into our world in a healthy fashion, that evil is not getting more than it should, the action-oriented commandment. And it's saying here specifically that by these action-oriented commandments, one causes this supernal union, causing God's emotions and God's sovereignty to have this face-to-face relationship. Now the question the Rebbe raises in this is why only commandments involving action? Meaning we understand it's a commandment. But what about commandments of speech? And what about commandments of thought? So to understand that, we're going to bring in another source of a Kabbalistic worth, another source from Eitzchai, that first, before we can have the supernal union taking place between God's emotions and God's sovereignty, there needs to be an elevation of an arousal of what we call feminine waters, meaning an initiation by the recipient from the feminine element of God's two forces here, which I've already identified for you, this feminine element is sovereignty. We have the emotion, the masculine element, coming down to and fusing with Sovereignty, the feminine element. So we need some type of initiation from sovereignty, the feminine element, to make this union between the masculine and feminine elements of God, so to speak, God's emotions and sovereignty fused together. And what causes this arousal, this initiation from sovereignty? When the things of this world, whose source is ultimately sovereignty, because God's sovereignty is the source of all of creation, when the things of this world are elevated to their source in holiness. 
through doing the commandment, whose fulfillment requires action performed with the materiality, the physicality of this world. So this initiates sovereignty, which then allows this union between God's emotions and God's sovereignty to happen, which then reveals godliness in our physical world. And how are we going to make sure that none of this comes to evil? Because the good deeds themselves, the commandments, are trimming and hacking off these thorns, thistles, the forces of evil that would attach themselves here to this deed. Just as you could imagine if you had um, weeds growing in a vineyard, that you would cut away the weeds because otherwise when you're watering, instead of the vines getting it, the thorns get it. So as we're doing the commandment, it's really at the same time sending up this godliness to God and cutting away at the forces of evil that would otherwise want to take from the energy that's going to be elicited through this action. So the elevation of the physicality is also a force of pruning away the forces of evil. It's also written, though, that Adam caused these rectifications through prayer. Now, prayer is not an action, but our sages have said that the movement of the lips is considered an action. So when we say that Adam rectified through prayer, we don't mean through his intentions in prayer. We mean through his action, the movement of his lips in prayer, because to move your lips, there's a lot of physicality involved. You have a physical mouth, tongue, teeth, lips, larynx, palate. So you are utilizing the physicality of this world. You have the vivifying soul of the body. You are utilizing all of these elements which come from that klipas naga admixture of godliness and evil, the same way that coin you gave to charity comes from that klipas naga admixture of godliness and evil. So both in the movement of lists and in the taking of that coin, you're taking a piece of our physical world and giving it to God, which elicits and initiates this whole ultimate fusion between God's emotion and God's sovereignty. And when one does so, these acts of refinement that we're doing in this world ascend to the world of formation through one of the four configuration of God's divine name, which we call Ban, and from the world of formation to the world of creation, to the world of creation, to the world of being, to the highest world. And that's why, as we quoted yesterday from the Zohar, says that mere thought accomplishes nothing because we need to elicit this initiation from below physicality. We're just thinking that's not physical enough. And when we do so, in our world, there's tremendous power here because it is explained that there's what we call, Kabbalistically, the seven kings in the world of chaos. And they fell, so to speak, into these forces of naga, this admixture of godliness and evil, which means there's a lot of energy in this physicality of our world of the naga, admixture of godliness and evil. So when we send that upward, we're really causing tremendous energy to ascent that can cause this union to take place between sovereignty and the emotions. In other words, for the union to take place, we need a force that actually transcends both of them, higher than both. So where are we getting that force from? From the physicality of our actions. Because the physicality is coming from this admixture, which has this tremendous energy from the world of chaos, which is being sent up to God, which is higher than these godly energies of the world of rectification, both the emotive energies and sovereignty, and therefore allows the union between the two to happen. 
because we need this higher force because otherwise God, the motive attribute, is not looking to descend and fuse with sovereignty. It's looking rather to be nurtured and sustained by a higher force, by its mother, so to speak, by God's understanding, which is a higher energy. So when we do the commandment, utilizing a physical action, we are sending up a very high energy, which then allows God's emotions to fuse with God's sovereignty and bring down the godliness to our physical world. Now, it's written in two other Kabbalistic sources in the Eitzchayim and in the Zohar that there's another mode of service. Besides the articulated prayer, there's a type of prayer with deep, deep intent, meditating and going very high in gazing on the glory of God. And these intentions cause tremendous eternal unions for those that know how to do this. These unarticulated intentions can accomplish so much because the great saints that are doing this, their souls are considered this initiation from below because of their self-sacrificing devotion to God through prayer and through Torah study. So some very, very great souls actually can accomplish this without the action component at all because they themselves are the initiation from below. And for everyone else, through the action of actions, through the action of the movement of our lips of prayer, we can accomplish this as well.